Hey everyone, welcome back to the Pilot's Wife podcast. This is Amy McLaren. Now I want to ask you a question. Do you feel like you're in a relationship right now that is loveless? Do you feel like you're like passing ships in the night? That you're just together to raise the kids? That there's just nothing between you and you're just living together and cohabiting, coexisting? And let me ask you another question. Do you think that you could ever learn, do you think you could ever learn how to hold on to and have a great relationship from someone who's never had to lose a relationship, who's never had a divorce. The reason I'm asking you this is because I, the, the, the reason that me and Josh are doing this stuff about pre-marriage and marriage education is that we just know how much help people need and we want to be there, we want to help people. And I'm going to tell you a story and I want to, I hope that people are not missing out on some things that could make the difference between an okay average or even really loveless relationship and an awesome relationship that gives you amazing satisfaction and closeness and a bond with someone who you love and want to be with for the rest of your life and enjoy spending time with. And I hope that this will help you with your approach to learning about how you can have an awesome relationship. So here's the question. For those of us who don't have a picture-perfect relationship, who don't put our highlights real on social media and pretend it's all rosy, where can I get some down-to-earth inspiration without any religious barriers? Who can give me real-life encouragement, help me be a better spouse, and tell me how to get an even more enriching relationship without becoming a doormat? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Amy McLaren, and this is the Pilot's Wife Podcast. There are a lot of people looking for relationship help right now, particularly since Auckland went back into their second lockdown, and the rest of the country is in level two, and that's just happened last week. And I found myself inside a listing directory about just less than two weeks ago. I used to work in a major well-known directories business, and we used to get the odd business who would scrape all the listings from the entire directory and then create their own new directory. And it looks like that's something that's happened, because I, I just found myself getting contacted by this directory saying, you've got people who are looking for help. And so it seems that... I've somehow been added to this directory for therapy and marriage counselling because of our pre-marriage stuff. And I started getting bombarded with these emails about people looking for counselling. At the end of week one, I looked at my dashboard. So they sent me this, you know, login to my new listing that I'd not created for myself. And I decided, okay, I'd better go in and just check what's in my profile because I'm getting all these leads, they call them, of people looking for therapy. And it's just overwhelming my inbox. And so... I looked at my dashboard and all the people looking for counselling, I think it was 297 people and that was in less than a week, I think it was like in six days since, I don't know, it must have been since they launched, like they must have just launched and pushed this hectic marketing campaign. Anyway, amazing, 297 people or something like that and so I was getting leads for, you know, the therapy people looking for therapy about dealing with anger and stuff as well as the marriage counselling so I changed it and I just left it to couples counselling and marriage relationship counselling those two categories and in the total 12 days since this has been going on I've I've got I've had an average of three per day just of marriage and relate in couples counselling leads and there's about 37 there already just in the in the last 12 days now I I know that 37 out of a population of you know like 4 million is not 
not huge, but I just know that these are just couples that have hit a point where they're like, ah, I'm desperate. What else can I do? How, how else can I find help, right? And this astounds me because I bet there's, this is just touching the surface. I reckon there are all kinds of new and more pressing pressures on couples right now because of this this lockdown situation and not just that but there's so much uncertainty in the future and we're surrounded by the same people 24 7 and so I've been working on a new service which is marriage education for married couples just literally because of this because clearly there's a greater need beyond these 37 people and in the dashboard I can see who's who's some, who are professionals already contacted them so like it's got their their names and, and their details and then it's got whether anybody's contacted them to help them <laughs> and so many of them haven't had anybody respond to them and so I just wanted to okay I'm going to just create something put something out there marriage education because I know it's what a lot of couples are looking for and a lot of couples are thinking about that I even aren't seeking help there's this misconception though that I found this when I've been talking you know like if we do pre-marriage counseling and that's great we've been married for loads and loads of years and yes we have the authority to teach couples about how to have good marriages before you get married because we're already married and all that sort of stuff but there's this misconception that people who like married couples who are having issues and we try and talk to them we try and talk, tell them uh, we try and help them give them some real good advice that we know works because it's worked for us and it's worked for hundreds of other successful couples because we've done the research on how to successful couples have good marriages so but that you know there's this misconception we're one of these unique couples we've never really had it really hard we have just such a good relationship um you don't see it very often but we're lucky we found each other and what happens is that when these couples who are having issues in their marriage think that we're a unique couple and that's just our luck. They can't learn anything from us. And it's really sad to see because we've got so much good to give. That is proven, that is research, that is applicable for anybody. And, you know, they just don't want to apply it because they think, well, our story is different. Let me tell you a quick story. When Josh and I just first started dating, I was still at university and I was, in, I was involved in this kind of, they called it a business playing competition. It was just a really cool community of students that were running this I guess a, a student organization teaching people how to write business plans basically and so we also wanted we, we also wanted to enter into this into this business planning competition because we were interested in it that's why all these students were working on this thing and so the people who were on the kind of committee of running it were also allowed to enter this competition and so Josh and I we entered an idea about building warm houses because we'd already just as we'd started dating we we already kind of discovered this unique kind of thing that we both were really interested in we'd each lived in really really cold places and hated being cold and just really wanted to live in warm in a warm place and so we entered this idea about um you know the basics of creating a warm house like concrete floor that captures the sun during the day and then it releases it at night really 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 good insulation basic stuff so we entered this idea and we got a little prize for it and we've always wanted to build a warm house it's been kind of one of our top goals once we got married one of the more kind of top goals after a couple of years of kind of waiting and giving our, ourselves a chance to settle down was to have kids about six years later still no kids and we started to think, okay, let's just let's just start really pursuing 
the next top goal for us because we just don't know if this is ever going to happen. And so we undertook an adventure of looking for a piece of land to buy and building a house. So we'd always talked about, you know, when we have kids, I want to be able to be at, at home with them. At least, you know, I don't want to be working full time and somebody else kind of, you know, bringing up my children. It was just this personal thing that I had probably from, you know, years and years of trying and not being able to have kids. I just realized how lucky people were to have kids. And so when we did finally have kids, I wanted to be able to be with them, you know, when they were young, before they went off to school. And so that wasn't happening. And so we decided to build a house and we found a piece of land and we got all the, um, we got all the kind of pre preliminary okays from the bank and all that sort of stuff and so we undertook starting this this house build and so the the land didn't even have title yet we had to wait for that but in the meantime we started like all the resource consent planning and 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 things like that much to our joy after three unsuccessful rounds of IVF a miscarriage and a whole lot of heartache we became pregnant and we we passed the 12 week mark with um with our first baby and Meanwhile, we had seriously started a building project. We we hadn't started the the groundworks yet, but we were we were well on the way. And and as it happened, by the time we were ready to, I guess, borrow the first amount of real money from the bank, we had a seven month old baby. And so I had to go back to work because in order to build this house based on the I guess the kind of estimates and the the loan uh, the loan kind of documents that the bank had talked about us being able to get that was based on us both working full time double income because this was all before we even got pregnant and when we were ready to take on the first kind of major loan um, we had a baby and so I had to go back to work full time and this was really really hard for me to do but we, we were like okay well we've you know we've got this far and if we were going to sell the land now we would lose a lot of money and we can probably just do this short term right I can work full time until a such and such point where um, I can move to part time uh, we can build an income on the house so that so that, that will help supplement the income and all this stuff so we had a plan so I went back to work and I've just I struggled I, I struggled so much because we had an au pair and I would come home and the au pair would tell me the new things that my baby had learnt that day on the weekends I would go to give her something or other that you know last weekend she liked and she enjoyed and then my au pair would say oh no she doesn't like that anymore or she doesn't eat those she prefers this and this kind of stuff just tore at my heart you know like she knew my baby better than I did and um so what we did is we, once we secured the loan from the bank, I reduced my hours right back down again. And I guess we kind of made it work like that for a little while. Then uh, we were eligible for one more round of public funding for IVF. And so if we, we took it up uh, and we got pregnant again. And the second one was going to be due around when we should be finished the build. But we had a massive, massive issue with our window manufacturer, uh, so as I said, like insulation is a really, really important part of having a warm house. So once the house is warm, you've got to keep it in. And so Josh had found these windows that didn't let out as much heat as other windows do because that's a major source of heat loss, right? And so these windows were better insulated and all this sort of stuff. And we'd gone into this contract with this guy in about April and they were due sometime in May. 
And around August that year, we'd still only had about 70% of the windows. And one of them, when we when it arrived, it opened the wrong way from what it should have been on the plans. And the, there was another door, like a French door. And it had bits sticking out. <laughs> so um, the, some of them had already been installed. And so one of the, um, so we started to look at all the rest of the windows that had been delivered. And we just saw all these problems with the, with the, like the, the kind of the diagonal, the joints, they're called mitre joints, and uh, lots of other kind of, we had colonial bars, which means sort of bars on the outside of the windows that, well, not even on the outside of the windows, but bars that kind of look like a, that kind of give it like a like a little um, Mediterranean look, sort of little squares inside the windows. And th- they had these bits, sharp pieces of metal sticking out the edges and like if, if I was to have walked past the window you know like if we'd opened the French door to walk out and I caught, you know like I've walked close to the window, I would have caught my clothes on it and torn them and we had these little baby children around that could have got injured from these windows and so we asked to return the windows back to the supplier and he said no and he demanded the rest of the um, the remaining money to be paid and he was going to deliver us the rest of the windows and we're like ah but they're, they're terrible we can't install these and so that started uh, about two years of legal, um, a legal process. And meanwhile, we were living in a, in a place we were renting while we were building. And the owners told us that they wanted to move back into the house so they could sell it. So anyway, we had to move out of this place we were renting on the 15th of December, right before Christmas. Our house wasn't finished and... We couldn't find anywhere to move into. And besides, our house was, the build was supposed to be finished in January. And so, you know, kind of a month and we had a house full of stuff to move, which turned out to be, I think it was either two, I think it was two moving trucks full because Josh had built all these things for the house, like um, cabinetry and kitchen stuff. And we had to move, it was all just kind of stored in our lounge at the place we were renting. And so we had a lot of stuff to store and nowhere to put it. And um, so the house we'd built, we built a minor dwelling. And that had a roof on and new windows from a new supplier we'd, we'd used. And meanwhile, we're trying to go through all this legal action. So the minor dwelling had windows in it and a roof on, that was it. It just had, it had like plastic coverings over the floor, covered in, you know, dirt and dust from the building dust. I think the ceilings had been painted, but there was no internal water, plumbing, nothing, no furnishing, no furnishings. The bathroom was just a shell. The kitchen was just a shell. The whole house was just a shell, uh, except that it had run, uh, walls between the bedrooms. So we had uh, a bedroom for me and Josh and a bedroom for our kind of two-year-old and then our six-month-old we put in a cot in the bathroom room and the walls weren't even... Um, they were just the the raw walls. They weren't finished, so they. <laughs> um, and so we we, um, we moved into the minor dwelling, and it had a carport. And so we just kind of built this temporary wall, and built in the carport, and just stored all our stuff. Like we stacked it so, so completely, um, like Tetris game, and and managed to fit it all in, and and I guess all the cabinetry and stuff and the kitchen stuff we were able to put in the in the in the main house. Now, Josh was a pilot at that time, and so he would go away on a trip, and he'd come back home, sort of like midnight or one or two in the morning, and then he'd be up early in the morning, he'd go across, you know, to the main house, and he'd be working all day until midnight again, trying to get this house finished so that we could move in to a finished house, 
that had plumbing. And so uh, we had a portaloo and we had a temporary kitchen sink with a kind of temporary tap. And if I needed to do a wash, we had to unplug the sink and then plumb in the washing machine and just kind of drag it over and pull the washing machine close to the sink and do a wash and then pull it back. The fridge was in um, a spare room that we had to go out of the kitchen, go into the get stuff out of the fridge. We were doing cooking on like an um, electric fry pan on top of like a those wooden sawhorses, you know, all this sort of stuff. We had no shower and um, we had a six-month-old and a two-year-old um, trying to cause havoc because we were on a building site and they just wanted to be with Daddy all day and they just wanted to hang out with the builders and see what they're doing and they've got all these dangerous tools and um, it was crazy. And what was worse was that our six-month-old was not sleeping. She's The first two years of her life, she was not a good sleeper. So Josh would get home at kind of midnight and sort of I'd just spent an hour and a half trying to get her to sleep and trying to stop her from waking up the two-year-old in the process. And so, you know, I'd, I'd get to bed and then he'd come home and then he'd like make the slightest noise and <laughs> she would wake up and just start crying for an hour and a half or two hours. And Josh, poor Josh, he's so tired. He has to get up in, in the morning to do more work. He's been flying, you know, late in the night and he can't sleep because this baby's crying and I can't get her to stop crying. And, um, we, we we had some stressful times. And do you think that during this time that we were like, oh dear, I'm so sorry, Josh, would you like a hand with blah, blah, blah? Like, we, were, we were not very nice to each other sometimes. And we were not very nice to the kids sometimes. And we were living like zombies. We were like zombies. No sleep. Total stress. Had to go outside to the portaloo to go to the toilet we did finally get a sh- Josh was working his butt off to get a shower installed after I think two weeks or was it one week uh, we had a toilet after two weeks but that was in so the toilet was in one part of the house the shower was in the complete opposite end of the house and then the sink was in the kitchen so <laughs> and of course to go through the house to um to use the toilet you had to have your gum boots on and there was dirt and dust everywhere and there was no door in front of the toilet <laughs> And so if the neighbours or the builders were around, you had to tell them we're going to the toilet and um, ask them not to come in and we had a piece of cardboard across the doorway. And um, So anyway, so this was tough. This was a tough time. And we did not we did not always treat each other nicely and we did not always do well in our relationship and we did not always do things perfectly. And the moral of the story is, even though through this time we didn't get a divorce, The only difference between us and any other couple that might be having problems and then gets worse, becomes a loveless relationship, spirals down into separation or divorce, is the education and the knowledge that we not only had, but applied about how to have a good relationship. That's the moral of the story. The only difference was that we applied the knowledge we had. And we didn't always do it perfectly, and we often didn't apply the knowledge, but in the end... We applied it in order to have a good relationship. That, that legal process took two years, and every time Josh had to deal with like, like the responses from the, the guy who was selling the windows, he was a nasty guy, and he was always blaming everything on us, and it was all our fault that the, that the windows had problems because we should have told him this and that, and it was almost like we were supposed to know more about building the windows than he was, than he did. 
and it was our fault that we that we didn't tell him stuff. Uh, it was our fault that the door came opening the wrong way. <laughs> I can't even remember how he justified that one, even though it was on the plans. And so every time that Josh had to deal with these legal documents, he was just really upset and really grumpy. And then every time the kids needed him for something, he was like, just leave me alone, because he was dealing with this guy who was really mean. It was a horrible conflict. He had to come on site one time to look at the windows and... And and his team just came around and started looking in all the windows of a house and like kind of <laughs> was awful. And so these kinds of things were stressful stuff that made us angry and awful. But we applied the education and the knowledge we knew about how to have a good relationship. We put that on the top and we just repaired things and we fixed things and we never gave up on applying it even no matter how hard it got. And by the way, the page I set up as a result of having all these leads and seeing all these people that and needing help is basically just on, on the Nomith website, www.nomithmarriages.com and then forward slash married, M-A-R-R-I-E-D. If you want to check it out, you can easily get all the knowledge that Josh and I have. Plus, we make you apply it as you go through the course. And we primarily do group sessions, either remotely or in person, but we're also developing a private couples only option too. So if you need this information about how to have a good relationship based on everything that we've applied and practiced going through hard stuff but plus all of the research that we've done on married couples that have had successful relationships and what they do so if you need this information check it out www.nomithmarriages.com forward slash married but don't keep going with a subpar relationship don't keep thinking that you can't learn something from people who haven't been where you've been because people who haven't been where you've been have done something so that they haven't got where you are. And don't let that stop you from learning some really, really beneficial stuff that can help you change your life for the better, change your relationship for the better. So I hope that's helped. I hope you have an awesome week. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate your kakite.